Hello, everybody. And again, welcome to the KCast Podcast. That's right, Levi, the KCast Podcast. I'm Chris Eckenroth. Thanks so much for joining. Today, we are in Revelation chapter 13. This is the first of two presentations for Revelation chapter 13. As we dig in, let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you again for your word. Thank you, Lord, for the grace of sharing what will happen in days to come. We are so thankful, Lord, that you are victorious on the cross. And Lord, may we see more of you through your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Revelation chapter 13, beginning in verse 1. Then I stood, John speaking, on the sand of the sea. And I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and on his horns ten crowns, and on his heads a blasphemous name. So John sees a beast. It's a a power coming up out of what? The sea. It is in Revelation chapter 17, verse 15. That it says this gives us a definition of water out of the sea. It says this, the waters are peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. In other words, when you see water or see something coming up out of the water, it's coming up out of the midst of a very densely populated area of people. Because the water is a symbol of peoples and multitudes. So John sees this beast, this power, coming up out of a densely populated area of people. Having seven heads and ten horns, and on those horns ten crowns, and on his head uh, a blasphemous name. It's reminiscent, it takes us back to Revelation chapter 12. Because in verse 3 it says this, A dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems or crowns on his head. And so there is a distinct similarity between the dragon and this beast that comes out of a densely populated area on the earth. We said before that these seven heads represent various political organizations through which the dragon would work. The same with the beast. That the ten horns represent nations through which the power represented by the dragon, now the beast, would exercise its will and authority. Those crowns on the heads, these are political powers that have authority, have uh, power, and they have on their heads a blasphemous name. We'll get into that here in a little bit. Verse 2. Now the beast which I saw was like a leopard. His feet were like the feet of a bear, and his mouth like the mouth of a lion. The dragon gave him his power, his throne, and great authority. And so this beast power that's coming out of a densely populated area has the characteristics of those world-dominating world powers That Daniel saw in Daniel chapter 7. This beast power that comes out of a densely populated area has the characteristics of Babylon, of Persia, and of Greece. Could it be the power and the majesty from Babylon? Could it be the strength of a bear as described and lived out by Persia? Could it be the speed in which Greece took over the world, all compiled into this 
power. It is the dragon, the Bible says, that gave him his power, his throne, and his authority. The dragon certainly represents Satan. Remember, it's in Revelation chapter 12, verse uh, nine, where it says the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan. And so the dragon certainly is Satan as described by the Bible. But in a secondary sense, the dragon also represents the power of this political state of Rome, the nation of Rome. Taken from the Adventist Bible commentary, it says this, the power succeeding the Roman Empire, which received from the dragon his power and his throne and great authority, is clearly papal Rome. Eventually, as you know, the Roman Empire would fall. But there was something that succeeded it. What was it? When the state of Rome fell, it was succeeded by the Church of Rome. Notice what um, A.C. Flick says out of the book, The Rise of the Medieval Church, says this, Out of the ruins of political Rome arose the great moral empire in the giant form of the Roman Church. And so what succeeded the Roman Empire? It was the Church of Rome. And what is behind the Church of Rome? It's actually getting its power, its seat, its authority from the dragon. We can see what Satan did here. Remember, for those 1260 years, what was he trying to do? He was trying to exterminate the church of Jesus Christ. He was trying to minimize and hold down and smother the word of God for those 1260 years. But now, all of a sudden, Satan, as he's been seeking to exterminate the church, and he found that his efforts to annihilate the followers of Christ through persecution proved to be unsuccessful, he altered his tactics. And he sought a different way to destroy the church, to destroy the word of God, and and to uh, hold back the will and the purposes of God. What did he do? He set up a counterfeit religious system. It's really kind of brilliant, right? He sets up a front that looks like Christ's church, that looks like this religious, Christ-like Christian system that's a front, that's empowered, that is powered behind the scenes to take forward the efforts and the will and the purposes of the dragon, i.e. Satan. And so it says here in the word of God that the seat or the throne was given by this dragon power and great authority and all this stuff. You know that when the Roman Caesars lost their seats, they lost their thrones. What succeeded it? After the state of Rome was the church of Rome. So it was the popes, the head of papal Rome, the papal church, the Roman Catholic church. It's the popes that ascended the thrones of the Caesars. And the capital of the papal system was the same as occupied by the Roman Empire. It was still there in Rome. So to recap verses 1 and 2, John sees this beast, this power coming out of this densely populated area. Man, Rome was the center of the world, right? All kinds of people. And there is this religio-political power that rises up and is empowered by the dragon to have power and a throne and great authority. 
It is this counterfeit religious organization. We know that what succeeded the Roman Empire, again, was the Roman Catholic Church, the Church of Rome. And so we come to verse 3. And I saw one of his heads, as if, as if, two key words, as if it had been mortally wounded. Man, there's this big wound. It looks like it's going to die. It's going to be gone forever, as if. And his deadly wound was healed. And all the world marveled and followed the beast. 538 to 1798. Man, the Roman church took forward its efforts, empowered by the dragon, to take out the true church of Jesus Christ and to hold back to smother the word of God from being spread uh, far and wide. But then it says this, uh, this, as if it had been mortally wounded. What happened? History will tell us that in 1798, uh, Napoleon's general, his name was Berthier, entered Rome and declared the political rule of the papacy at an end. It was over. He took the the Pope prisoner to France where he soon died. All of a sudden, the Pope is taken off of his throne. There's no more authority. All of a sudden, this this religio-political system that had so much power and authority is taken out as if it had been mortally wounded. But then, in 1929... The Lateran Treaty, Lateran, L-A-T-E-R-A-N, the Lateran Treaty restored power to the Pope and gave rule over Vatican City, again there in Rome. In 1929, power was restored. What did the Bible say? It says his deadly wound was healed. All of a sudden, the throne is given back to the head of the church of Rome. And all the world marveled and followed the beast. Have you ever seen when the Pope travels? South America? Just a few years ago here in North America? I mean, everything is shut down as thousands upon hundreds of thousands of people just follow and are amazed and wander after this beast power. Verse 4. So they worshipped the dragon who gave authority to the beast. Worshipping the beast is in fact worshiping the dragon. You see, the beast is the visible agency of the dragon. And they worship the beast saying, who is like the beast? Who is able to make war with him? Verse five. And he was given a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies and was given authority to continue for 42 months. Then he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and those who dwell in heaven. And so it's speaking again to the church of Rome, speaking great things. This is very parallel. It's actually hard to study uh, Revelation chapter 13 without studying at the same time Daniel chapter 7. You may want to pull your Bible out and study Daniel chapter 7 as well. But it says that the church of Rome would speak uh, great things and blasphemies. Again, what is, what is blasphemy? The, the Bible will describe for us uh, by its own mouth what blasphemy is. It's John chapter 10, verse 33. That's what it says. The Jews answered him, Jesus, saying, For a good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy. 
because you, being a man, make yourself God. What is blasphemy? When a man seeks to make himself act like, speak like, take on the authority of that belongs exclusively to God. And so we see that this beast's power, this counterfeit church set up by the dragon to deceive people as a front will speak blasphemies, great things. In other words, being this man-made organization, this created being organization, the dragon, Satan, trying to make itself God. By doing what specifically? One example would be having individuals go to a man, a Catholic priest, and confessing their sins as if a man can forgive their sins. Another example would be that the church has said that the church has transformed, transferred, rather, transferred the solemnity of the seventh day Sabbath to Sunday, saying that the church has that authority in honor of the resurrection, a good thing, has transferred the holiness by its own power to a different day. Again, a man trying to exert and take on the authority that belongs only to the Lord God of heaven, to blaspheme his name, the name of Jesus. The name Jesus in Hebrew is Yahshua. Yah is short for Yahweh. Shua means save, uh, to save there in Hebrew. The Lord God saves. Again, we are saved only through the blood of Jesus Christ not through anything else, not by going to a man, a priest here on earth and confessing our sins. No, it is only through our confession of our sin and we ask our Father to forgive us in Jesus' name. We personally can boldly come before the throne of grace. We do not go through a high priest here on earth. We go through only the high priest, this this bridge connecting heaven and earth, the Savior, Jesus. And his tabernacle, what it says in verse 6, Remember that Jesus has ascended into heaven. He is in the most holy place as our high priest. There is no other service that can be replaced here on earth, i.e. the mass by which we are declared righteous. It is only through Jesus in the most holy place as our name is read and he stands up and says, he or she is mine. And those who dwell on the earth, verse 7, It was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them, yes, during that 1260-year period, and then even afterwards, when persecutions would come later in verses 11 through 18. And authority was given over every tribe and tongue and nation, all who dwell on the earth and worship him, whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world, verse 9. If anyone has an ear... Let him hear. He who leads into captivity will go into captivity. He who kills with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. There in verse 10, we believe that these are reassuring words to those who are persecuted, that their persecutors would receive a similar fate. It is also believed that this might be a warning to Christians Not to use force against the anti-Christian power, but to allow the Lord God to defend them and bring his own vengeance. It says, here is the patience and the faith of the saints. The word patience means to remain under. 
that the saints choose in a very difficult time, choose each and every day to remain under the authority of Christ and keep their faith, i.e. relationship, focused and held in him. Thanks so much for listening to the KCAST podcast. The second part of Revelation 13 will be in our next cast. We'll talk to you soon. 